You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is an introduction to the book of Exodus. Exodus is the record of Israel's birth as a nation. It continues the story begun in Genesis. It has been called chapter 2 of the Torah, or the books of Moses, who is the author or the books of the law, or the Pentateuch. The first five books of the Bible are essential for an understanding of the rest of Scripture. It is a first-hand account. It is a book of history, and it reads as such, with references to people, places, and time references. It is the second of the five books of the law, known collectively as the Torah or the Pentateuch. It is believed to have they were written by Moses, who, according to Acts 7.22, was educated in all the wisdom of the, of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. In the book of Exodus, God tells Moses to write things down as a permanent record, and it also records that Moses wrote several times. Many scriptures refer to Moses as the author of the law. Jesus believed Moses wrote these books, and they spoke about him. Even though Moses doesn't sign his books like Paul does, we can be sure of his authorship. Our lives are formed in the context of a story. This story continues the conflict begun in the garden between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the serpent. Like the crucifixion in the New Testament, the Exodus is the key event that defined the life of Israel. It echoes throughout scripture. In the prayer of Hannah, in the Psalms, in the praise of Mary in response to Elizabeth's news, and in the prophecy by Zacharias on the birth of John the Baptist. The word exodus means exit, departure, or going out. So this word describes the key event, the departure of Israel from Egypt, accomplished by God himself through ten plagues on Egypt and miracles as they travel through the wilderness. The Jews called this book, These Are the Names since that was how it began. And this is similar to naming hymns based on the first line. The same thing occurred in the book of Genesis with In the Beginning or At the Genesis. So the focus moves from God's dealings with one particular family in the book of Genesis to his dealings with the nations. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. He alone is credited with their redemption, although he used Moses and Aaron to lead the children of Israel. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. The book is roughly divided into three sections, Israel in bondage, chapters 1 to 12, Israel delivered, chapters 13 to 19, and Israel instructed, chapters 20 to 40. So when approaching scripture, there is a danger of two extremes treating the Bible like an anthology of adventure stories to entertain us so that we forget these were real historical events happening to real people. 
the other is to treat the Bible like a textbook to study and forget uh, that God is communicating with us through his words and events. He is showing that his desire is to have a people to worship him. He desires relationship. He wants to be their God and them to be his people. It is the foundational event in the formation of the nation of Israel. You can't approach the New Testament with any understanding unless you have a grasp of the key events of the first five books of the Bible. Because these narratives are within this book, and this book is within the Old Covenant, and the Old Covenant is within the Bible, we have to, we have to ask how it fits into the whole. We must see this as part of redemptive history. The story of how God stepped into history to save a people for himself is the meta-narrative or, or overarching theme of the Bible. The scarlet threads which we'll find in each chapter are the greater themes of the gospel message and salvation through Jesus Christ, which we call scarlet threads, and they're here in the book of Exodus in seed form. The story itself of Exodus shapes Israel as the story of the cross shapes the church. We need to see that like Israel and Egypt, we were also slaves to sin. Romans 6.16 says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So that was our helpless and hopeless situation. We could not free ourselves. We needed a deliverer, just as Israel did. The word redemption means to purchase someone from slavery for a price. We are on the auction block. God paid a price, and that price was the life of his son. He saved us to set us free. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. 1 Corinthians 7.23 So the Apostle Paul compares the old way with the new way. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Silver and gold can't purchase a soul because the ransom for a life is costly. The theme of redemption in the New Testament always links back to Israel's exodus out of Egypt. Similarly, the Old Covenant was marked by centuries of animal sacrifices which pointed forward to Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was sacrificed once for all as a sin offering in our place. The blood of bulls and goats can never take away sin completely. The Aaronic priesthood also marked the Old Covenant, but Jesus is a better high priest after the order of Melchizedek. After 400 years of silence from God as they were enslaved in Egypt, God sent Moses to be their deliverer. While they were in Egypt and prospering, they had no longing for the promised land. It was only when they experienced affliction that they came to see Egypt was not their home. Likewise, until we see our desperate situation, that we are helpless and hopeless sinners, we will see no need to cry out for God to save us. We must realize our spiritual need. And likewise, after 400 years of silence in the intertestamental period, between Malachi and John the Baptist, people were wondering if God had forgotten them. They were waiting for the promised deliverer, and then Jesus came. 
So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Finally, Jesus is our exodus, or way out of our slavery to sin. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. So it is paramount to keep these themes in our minds as we read this book. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Exodus chapter 1. May God bless the study of his word.